Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, football fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 325. This will be the last Let's Talk CFL Podcast before the start of the regular season, 2019 regular season. This is this is where we do the predictions for the end, for the beginning, for this week. Right now, we're going to do it all show long. We Do we have an agenda? No, we don't. We're just going to talk football. We're going to talk about what we think is going to happen this week, this month, this year, whatever. Because, hey, why not? we got nothing else to do, and I'm kind of bored. Uh, football starts tomorrow night. And, oh, well, congratulations to the St. Louis Blues for winning the Stanley Cup. I'm not really happy about that being a Bruins fan, but at least the goddamn hockey's over with, and we can watch football without being interfered with. Uh, we just need this Raptor shit to be over with tomorrow night, and then we'll move on. Okay, because I'm just, come on, seriously, basketball and hockey, how could those be more exciting than some CFL football? It's impossible. Okay, so uh, anyhow, we're going to talk about a bunch of things. I'd like to uh, first off give a congratulations uh, to Kevin Glenn on his retirement after 18 years in the CFL. He is the only player in the history of the CFL to have been his rights to be owned by every single team in the league. All nine teams at one point in time have owned Kevin Glenn's rights. Uh, he did not play a game in Ottawa or Toronto, but they did. Uh, he did have a cup of coffee in the town, so it counts. Uh, will he come out of retirement if we ever get a uh, Halifax team? Would the Schooners ever come in? Will he come out of retirement, sign a one-day contract, and I'll retire again? Who knows? It would be kind of funny. I would support that no matter what. Hey, uh, but yeah, so congratulations, Kevin Glenn, on your Hall of Fame career. Uh, sorry, Jared, you're absolutely wrong. Kevin Glenn is definitely a Hall of Fame player. Uh, will he get in on the first ballot? Probably not. You know, he's not a first ballot kind of guy like uh, Doug Flutie or, you know, Mike Riley or any of these guys. But um, Ricky Ray, first ballot for sure going into the Hall of Fame. Uh, okay, what are we going to talk about tonight? Oh, we're going to talk about football. What else are we going to talk about? Oh, yeah, here, this is it. Uh, there's a new group out there called CFL UK Talks, started by uh, Jamie Lavery. Um, hope I didn't screw up your name too bad there, Jamie. Uh, yeah, this is a British group, I, I, not, not like the Beatles or the Rolling Stones, but a, a group of uh, Brits who uh, absolutely love the CFL. And they're over there in uh, the United Kingdom, and they started a Facebook group, and uh, we're over there helping them out. And, you know, people like Jamie and uh, Frank Horsley, Mick Walsh, uh, Anthony McAllister, you know, I'm just naming off a bunch of things that uh, guys that have put up posts here. Uh, you guys are doing a great job over there, and uh, uh, we're supporting you over here as best we can. And uh, good on you for helping out and supporting the CFL. I'm glad you're enjoying our game. Uh, we've had it for decades, a well, century actually, but I've been watching it for almost 50 years. And uh, welcome to it, guys. You're going to really enjoy this. This is a, this is a great, great, great sport. 
And uh, I'm glad that you guys are eating it up the way that you are. And, Jamie, we're going to talk later on and see about the the Let's Talk franchise and see what's going on. And I, I got an idea. Actually, Todd came up with it. I, I've been thinking about it for a couple of days. But uh, we'll talk to you later about it, brother. Uh, I know there's an eight-hour time difference, and uh, that's a bit of a challenge for everybody. But we'll see what happens. Okay, now I'm going to open up the phones, the panels, and get everybody on board here. I'm just going to open up all the mics. And welcome to the show, Mark. How are you doing, brother? Doing well. When I saw Charles's um, itinerary for tonight, the agenda, I was like, ooh. Do you have one? Game previews. Yep. I, I never got you it. Put it out. You put it out early. Yeah, you did. You yep. sent it about 3 o'clock. I didn't see it. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Look, there it is. Okay. There it is. We actually have game previews tonight. I, we do. I've got all the. I've pretty got everything done. I didn't think Charles crazy. was going to do a an agenda because it, it, it's pretty simple what we're going to talk about. But uh, he did. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm going to be busy here for a minute. You guys talk. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, Will. Say hello. Will, welcome to the show, brother. How are you doing? I I was fine until you opened your mouth, Christopher, because. I, I stayed away from all media tonight because I was going to go downstairs after we finished our podcast and watch the seventh game of the Stanley Cup final with oh, great my, anticipation my to well, see who would win. And you, and you just screwed something. it for me. And I, I'm really happy that St. Louis won because they've never won a Stanley Cup, which is pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't have to watch it now. So, uh, yeah, they I, actually destroyed the Bruins. They, they, they beat them up pretty good. Will, you what want was to the final score? Was four, it good? 4-1. 4-1, sorry, yeah, 4-1. Oh, okay. yeah. But you got to watch oh, the hockey game. Okay. The, score doesn't, the score doesn't show what kind of game it was. You have to watch it after. Oh, okay, I will. I will for sure. Yeah, why not? You know, you love sports, and yeah, I know it's not football and everything else, but, I mean, I'm a little pissed that uh, Boston didn't that. win, but so be it. I'm all good, because guess what? Starting tomorrow. Football! God, a crack, a crack addict finally gets his fix tomorrow night. Thank God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm Anyways. all about that. There you go. I'm, I'm excited. excited. I'm excited. Even if it is a Saskatchewan. Did I say that out loud? Well, no. And actually, my wife said to me tonight, hey, what are we doing on the weekend? And I looked at her <laughs> and I said, um, honey, football. I'm uh, watching football. <laughs> oh, is it that time? I said, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. There you go. So um, I got to do something here because in March, so this is after free agencies settled down. And before the draft, which was really absolutely meaningless because we hate this. Oh, hey, I didn't introduce Phil yet. Phil, welcome to the show, brother. Hello, Sorry Phil. about that. You're in the corner over there, and I didn't see you. Speak up. Hey, thanks a lot. I'm out here. Okay. You're out here? Where are you out? I'm what in you Calgary. Doing? You're in I Calgary. My condolences. Tonight. Not, not very much. Uh, yeah. What a terrible hockey game, but I'm sure excited about this week coming up in CFL football. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited that hockey's finally over because I really, really don't care. 
I mean, I've been a Bruins fan since the mid '60s, and I couldn't name a single player on the team, so I, I really don't follow it. I just kind of always have a, a, a soft spot for the Bruins, and uh, that's the way it goes. So, and I'm just glad it's over. And I, I couldn't give a rat's ass about basketball. Uh, who cares if it's a Canadian team that's in the thing? I couldn't care less. Damn, what a boring sport that is to watch. It's like golf. Tennis, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Oh, my God. Bore me to death. Okay, so uh, let me go back to what I was talking about before. Back in March, prior to Phil joining the show, because he only joined the show last week, um, we did our predictions. Do you guys remember this? We did our predictions nope. of what would happen this year. And uh, we're going to go over those right now because we're just trying to kill some time till Charles comes online. He says he's going to come online about 8.10. And uh, keep an eye on him on Facebook because I'm not over there right now um, when he gives up, puts up some numbers there. Uh, I've got our predictions here. Charles, I, we're going to do Mark. Mark, pick in the one division, all the teams in order, Calgary, Winnipeg, Hamilton, BC, Edmonton, Toronto, Saskatchewan, Ottawa, Montreal. Are you still comfortable with those? I am. You got Hamilton in third place. Yeah. You good with that? I'm good with it. Cool. I'm happy for you. William, you started off Calgary, Edmonton, BC, Hamilton, Winnipeg. Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa, Saskatchewan. You got Winnipeg down in fifth place. You still good with this? No, I want to change it. Can I? Can you want I? to change it? Sure, you can. Let's yeah. let's let's work on this. What do you want to do? Okay. I've number been, one, I've been Calgary. Hard about this. No, number one's Calgary. Number two. Okay. You got I'll Edmonton. Stick with Edmonton. Really. Number okay. three was it Winnipeg? Was it no, you got BC there. Oh, do I have BC? Okay, BC can stay there. And then you got uh, Hamilton. Number four. Okay, and then five. Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Six. Montreal. Oh, did I pick Montreal six? Yeah. Okay, then I don't have to. Then I don't have to change anything. And then you got <laughs> Toronto, Ottawa, Saskatchewan in the basement. Um, Are you good with all of those? Cool. Yeah, no, I'm good. Sorry, Phil. <laughs> okay. Now I got I got um at Calgary, Winnipeg, BC, Edmonton, Hamilton, Ottawa, Saskatchewan, Toronto, Montreal, and I'm comfortable with my predictions so far. So um. I got Charles is here too, but we're going to kind of see if we can drag this out until Charles comes on. Phil, you want to take a shot at this? What is your prediction line? Even though I see a lot of weaknesses at quarterback, I I have the Winnipeg Blue Bombers as number one. Okay. And then I have the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I got Saskatchewan at number two. Are are you like a serious fucking homer or what? 
I really I'm just am asking. not. I really am not. not. How could you possibly put them there? Anyhow, go ahead. Well, go they ahead. finished number. I'll defend it by saying they finished number two in the league last year, and they probably got a better team going into 2019. They just lost Brendan Labatt. You know, you saw that, didn't you? Yeah, we've lost him for a couple games by the sounds of it. They did put him on the well, six he's on, game. He's but, on the uh, sixth game. So it sounds this like is it's your, this is your anchor to the, to the O-line, the, the O-line that you need to protect Calero so that he can actually finish a season that he's never done before. And you're still predicting That's that true, he's going to be second in the league. Okay. Here, here's why. Uh, um we brought in Philip Blake last year due to injuries in October, and I really thought we would release his contract in the off season, and uh, didn't happen. So we went in with way too many offensive linemen. Um, I thought we were going to cut Clark or or somebody. It was going to be a big name cut on the offensive line. So there's exceptional depth there. Um, now, uh, number three, I got Hamilton. Four, five, six. I've got BC. Edmonton and Calgary, just toss them up in the air and then pick which one you want. Wow. I, I really don't have a, a – a, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then the bottom and, three? Uh, and and then the bottom three is very similar. It's it's like toss them up in the air. I, I think maybe Toronto's got the inside track there. Um, I, I, I think, like I mentioned last week, I love Ottawa's uh, – coaching, but uh, I like uh, Montreal's uh, roster a lot more. Okay, so who do you want to put in eighth? I, I think Montreal, because i got a soft spot for for their roster right now. Okay, and then Ottawa's in the basement. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I just don't see anything there. Well, we're, we're going to check this out after like uh, – what, uh, one-third of the season, which is six weeks. At six weeks, we're going to review this again and see if anybody wants to change their mind. And uh, we'll do this every every third of the season, and uh, we'll see how it goes. But considering so far nobody has changed their positions, and, oh, what's going on here? Have we got Charles? Charles we got Charles. This number. Okay. Were you paying attention to this? or cause, like? Yep. Wow. It just came up. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna. Uh, I'll place him into the screening room so we don't listen to the ringingies and, and uh, Anne Marie when she uh, answers the phone because he didn't get the answering machine off. And we'll see what happens here. Okay. So, um, yeah, I think this is pretty exciting. Listen, we got some serious football happening coming up, and uh, it's going to be an exciting time. Okay. Uh, click open the mic there, Charles. Are you with us? I am. Okay, so I apologize I'll, I'll tell you what we've done so far. We we okay. talked about hockey. We talked about basketball. Uh, we talked about Kevin Glenn being in the Hall of Fame that everybody pretty much thinks that he should. And uh, then we reviewed what our picks were in uh, March after free agency, but before the draft. And I've asked anybody if they want to change any of theirs, and nobody did. Uh, so I'm going to ask you. I'm going to name off your your list here, and you tell me whether or not you want to change anything. You got Calgary in first place, Winnipeg, BC, Hamilton, Edmonton, Toronto, Saskatchewan, Ottawa, Montreal. Now we can go over this again slowly if you like. Yeah. So give me the West again. 
you, well, no, it's not the West. It's just one to four. You got oh, Calgary. One to four, so. Calgary, Winnipeg, BC, Hamilton. Calgary, Winnipeg, BC, Hamilton. I am going to make a change. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take Calgary, and I'm going to take them from first and put them to third. So I'm going to move Winnipeg to first, BC to second, Calgary to third, because I really don't like the changes they've done. So that's what I'm going to do. For the rest of it, I think the rest of it can stay the same. That's the, Okay, so then you got fourth is Hamilton. Then you got Edmonton, yep. Toronto, Saskatchewan, uh, Ottawa, and Montreal. You know what? I'm going to make one more change. I'm going to swap Ottawa and Montreal. You're going to swap Ottawa and Montreal, Montreal but uh, or, Ottawa in the basement? Or I have, and Mo- No, sorry. I'm going to keep that. No, leave, that, leave them all the same. Yeah, and that, I'm only making the one change. Montreal's in the basement for you. Yes. Okay. Cool. So you made that with two yeah. changes, three changes, or whatever. Yeah. Okay. But to be so perfectly honest, the top three teams I think can be interchangeable. But that's how I'm going to rank the, them right now. I personally think the top four and Hamilton shouldn't be there are interchangeable. I you All know right. th- there was a there was a prediction came out and I looked at it and I looked at it and I looked at it and I go you know what there's a lot of people that are going to bitch and cry about this but they had BC and Winnipeg at eleven and seven no BC and Calgary at eleven and seven and Winnipeg and Edmonton at ten and eight so the top four teams in the West were within one point of each other one position of each other. And I'm going, yeah. it is really hard to argue with this. Now, yeah, it, mm-hmm. it, it could be that like, the season series makes a difference whether you cross over or you get a home playoff position, home playoff game. The season yeah. series. I mean, that that's fucking close. That is an exciting season. If anything even comes close to these predictions, this could be the most exciting CFL season we've ever had. I don't see a bad team in the Western Division right now. No, I don't either. No. Last year, I picked Edmonton Eskimos way back to miss the playoffs. Way back. Everybody thought I was a lunatic. They still do. But that's beside the point. I picked them to miss the playoffs. And nobody else did. Everybody thought, no, 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 no. The Saskatchewan or BC is going to miss. No, no, it's not going to be Edmonton. But they Edmonton missed the playoffs. I cannot make a bold prediction like that this year. I do think Saskatchewan is going to miss the playoffs. But I wouldn't bet a nickel on that. No bloody way. Hey, Christopher. Yeah. Didn't BC miss the playoffs last year? No. BC crossed no. over and got... Really? Uh, Mollywop by oh, Hamilton, Hamilton, you remember. Who did, who, oh, that was the game they didn't show up in. Oh, yeah, okay. Yes. I remember that. Yes. Right. Completely and totally. They may have been in the playoffs because they didn't, they didn't appear anyways. No, they didn't show up. They, they forgot to get on the plane. They sent a bunch of cardboard replics, and they, were, they played football against Hamilton, and Hamilton like 54-2 or something. It was just an embarrassment. Wally's last game, they, the team didn't show up. So, 
And uh, Solomon Aluminium came back after his 16 game away and, and, and played like shit. But you can't blame him because the rest of the team played like shit too. So, Okay. So uh, we're going to go off and we, we do this at Phil, just for reference sake, for your benefit here. I don't know how long you've been listening to our podcast, but before on the Wednesday before uh, the weekend, we pick scores of what this weekend's games are going to be. And on Sunday, we review the games and or we try to justify our scores. And then on Sunday, we review the games and we define winners. And then we keep track of this. And at the end of the season, there's a, uh, uh, you know, everybody goes, ooh, uh, ooh, uh, you're wonderful and awesome. So that's about it. You know, at one point in time, Will was going to build a trophy, but he decided against it. Or he built it and kept it for himself. I don't know what it was. I don't know what happened. But anyhow, there's no trophy. There's no benefit. There's no one. You just get bragging rights on Let's Talk CFL podcast. And that's okay with everybody. So I've got you marked down. I've got you a special column here. I kind of took Chris up. We haven't seen or heard from him from quite some time. And sorry, but um, shit happens. And I understand your your life is very complicated right now. And we respect that. So, um, But we got Phil. You've been replaced. I just, you know, Phil, well, don't take it personally. You've been replaced. Uh, <laughs> you can come you back can anytime, come back honestly. Anytime you want to. Anytime you want, you can come yeah. back. I definitely I said that. Okay, so the first game up is the Saskatchewan-Hamilton game. It is tomorrow night. It is tomorrow night. It is tomorrow night. We got football on TV tomorrow night. We got, even if it is Saskatchewan. Okay, so we got the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in Hamilton playing the Ticats at Timmy's Field. Charles, who are you picking to win this and by what score? Just to start off, I'm so excited that we're doing game picks again now. That means the season is here. It's time for football. Um, so, okay, so here we go. Game one. Let's face it, and we've talked about it before. The first two or three games of the regular season are glorified preseason games because no one has their timing down. Uh, no one's quite ready. And really the first few weeks of the season comes – uh, down to the uh, a lot of times to the teams that makes the least amount of mistakes because nobody firing on all cylinder come week one it just doesn't work that way because really for the most it, part all teams sorry what was that but it's still good for two points of course it is but all teams are still getting their timing down and really all teams have really only been now working as like a, a starting unit basically for the last week since the training camp ended. But, anyways, Hamilton uh, hosting uh, Saskatchewan at the Timbit Field or whatever they want to call it. So this is test number one of 18 for the Riders to see if they can keep Zach Caleros healthy. Uh, two of the bigger uh, free agent signings for the uh, Riders in the offseason. Solomon Aluminium, not going to play. Micah Johnson, he will play. Manny Arsenal, not going to play. So, um, you know, they're not starting off with a lot of confidence here. And then I heard today that um, they had another injury that came up today. I heard that I'm thinking Brendan oh, is not a good thing. Thank you, Brendan Labatt, uh, their offensive lineman. Um, and for a team that really needs to protect 
their quarterback because literally one hit could be the end of him. Uh, I think Hamilton's going to win this one. I just don't think – I want to see if, um, Zach Caleros hears footsteps every play because, um, you know, he had injury problems again last year. He ended with an injury. If you remember, he got knocked out of the game at the end of the year. Um, and I know maybe uh, physically he's looking okay. I want to see where he's at mentally because a lot of times when you get players that have um, um, mental or not mental, but when they have concussions, the mental issues can be even as bad or even worse than the actual physical conditions because it's always there in their mind and it causes them to make mistakes. So uh, I'm interested to see how that's going to go. And this is a big year also, I think, on the other side of the ball in Hamilton for uh, Jeremiah Mazzoli. He wants to prove to people that he is um, a a top-flight, bona fide number one guy in the CFL. He had a great year last year. Well, he had a very good year last year, but he still has some hiccups now and then. He had an okay year. So if he wants to um, be put into a higher echelon of quarterback – this is the year he has to do it. And I, I see a good start for Hamilton in this one. Uh, Brandon Banks is back. And um, I think this one's going to be a good one for the home one. I think it's going to be a slower start for the Riders. Um, I know Caleros is back. Uh, a lot of new quarterbacks in new places this year, but neither one of these teams are one of them. But uh, I like Hamilton better in this one. I'm going to pick Hamilton to win this one. 31 to 17. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. William, you're up next, buddy. Saskatchewan into Hamilton. What's your call? William, open your mic. Take your mute off. Stop talking to the wall. I'm not talking to the wall anymore. Okay, Um, good. I, I just don't believe in... Zach Calaris, I, I think, I think the, I think Saskatchewan is going to be better this year because they have Craig Dickinson as their head coach, and I think if he's anywhere close to his brother, he'll be a good, he'll be a good coach. And I still think doesn't Saskatchewan still have what's his name as their OC? Stephen McAdoo. Who is it, Charles? Stephen. Stephen McAdoo. McAdoo. And I've never liked Stephen. I've never liked Stephen McAdoo, and his offense last year was a pop gun. Um, and uh, once they have Zach Claris, they don't even have Brandon Bridge, and Kevin Glenn retired, and so they can't pull him out of the weeds either. So, you know what? And and we all know, and I haven't, I haven't, uh, you know, told anybody that I haven't denied this ever. I'm a Saskatchewan hater. I don't hate you, Phil, but I'm a Saskatchewan hater. And so I am going to pick Saskatchewan, Hamilton, 27-11 for Hamilton. Okay. Mark, you're up next. Hey, Charles, what was your score? 31-17. For Hamilton. For Hamilton. Yeah, I knew that. I was just joking. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just quickly 
scrolling down the Tiger Cats roster, they have a solid team. Mm-hmm. And they've got a very, very good offensive line. So it, if it ties up Saskatchewan's defensive line and keeps Masoli upright, this could be a big score. Because Saskatchewan, without Labatt, they've had to move a bunch of guys around. Without Sali, they have a middle linebacker tandem that will probably platoon of Cameron Judge and Sam Hurl. This could be an interesting <laughs> game. Hurl! <laughs> Hurl! Sam Hurl! Sorry, Phil, I'm really not a Sam Hurl fan. Um, for obvious reasons. I'm going to go... Hamilton 37, Saskatchewan 22. Okay. Now, Phil, just for sake here, Mark did not like Sam Hurl when he was on the Bombers. So it's not that he's picking on because he's now a Rough Rider. He just ne- doesn't like the guy. Okay, Phil, you're up. Take off your mute like and uh, tell me. <laughs> Nobody does. I don't think Sam Hurl likes himself. Okay. Um, <laughs> Who's going to win this game, and by what score? Saskatchewan Hamilton. Well, it's exciting as hell. You know, there's two rookie head coaches tomorrow night. Yeah, so that's that's a that's a real storyline. Yeah. This is uh, Zach Kalaros' first game against his old team, uh, having missed those back-to-back games last July due to injury. So I understand he's got 45 friends and family going to be there. So I'm really looking for for a, a good game out of him tomorrow night. Um, not concerned about the Labatt injury, like I mentioned earlier, with uh, Philip Blake able to fill in there. Maybe an upgrade. Um, Banks and Tasker on the on the field side are going to make for an interesting matchup with Ryder's rookie Canadian corner Ellie Buka. And he, but I think maybe Means is going to start there. I don't know much about him, but he's also a pure raw CFL rookie. So I, I think uh, Hamilton has a, a real opportunity to exploit exploit him. Uh, Hamilton runs that hybrid run and shoot, uh, with you know, but they also like to run a tight end fullback a lot, you know. And but and they're the only ones in the league that run any kind of run and shoot. So it, okay, hang on, stop for a second. That them. was old. That was last year. That was a different coaching regime. That's a different style of team. Don't necessarily expect that to repeat itself this year. June Jones I, I think is it gone. Will have to in, in order for Mazzoli to have to have success. I think it's going to have to. It, he's the quarterback that fits that. Um, but, you know, there's just different opinions on that. The other thing is, Mazzoli didn't throw a touchdown pass against the Riders in 2018 in the two games. Um, only team he didn't. Uh, that said, I think this is going to be the toughest matchup the Riders are going to face in the first, first four weeks of the season. And, you know, the Ticats have a D-line kind of built to stop the run. And I, th- I think the three-point spread is appropriate. I got Hamilton winning 24-22. Wow. You picked Hamilton. Yep. I, I, I'm impressed because we're, we're all serious homers here, okay? We, we always pick our own our home team no matter what, regardless. And uh, I'm impressed you stepped out of the box. I'm, wow. We've actually got some football person here as opposed to a fan. Are you guys impressed? Mm-hmm. Say something. 
Okay. CJ, that's me. This is an interesting game. Now, I like Zach Claros. I always have. I think he's one of the most talented quarterbacks that we have in the CFL, if not the number one talented quarterback. Um, It's a shame that we've never seen him complete a season. It's a shame that we've never seen him on a team that could protect him. Um, I'm disappointed that he's never got, we've never got to see the true Zach Caleros play football. Is that going to happen this year? I doubt it. I, last time I saw him, he had happy feet in the pocket. He is shell shocked. He's got that post-traumatic stress disorder and, uh, he's just, it's not going to make it. I'm just not comfortable with Saskatchewan Rough Riders and that's why I have them in last place. Uh, or at least close to it. Did I have him in last place? I had Montreal down there. Anyhow, beside the point. Um, I'm going to take Hamilton on this one, and I'm going to take it 26-23. Hamilton 26-23 over the Riders. Okay, that's a wrap on the Saskatchewan-Hamilton game. Jumping right over to... (laughs) Montreal into Edmonton. Trevor Harris's premier start with the Eskimos. And Montreal, I don't know what to say about them. Uh, Okay, Charles, you're up, bud. (laughs) Okay, so... Rookie um, head coach Kahari Jones. Oh, God. Against Jason Moss. Oh, God. Oh, God, yeah. Trevor Harris against Antonio Pipkin. Oh, Jesus. This is going to, this has the potential to be an absolute wipeout. I'm sorry. This is team tire fire going into uh, Edmonton. Um, The only saving grace for for, um, the Montreal Montreal? right now is that, uh, is that, Edmonton has a lot of new faces there, and it may uh, take them a little bit of time to gel uh, because I think they're getting spanked in this one. I'm sorry, but uh, this is a team that is in turmoil on the field. They are in turmoil off the field, and I just don't see a whole lot of hope that these guys are just going to magically come in and – really be a a force in this one. I just see this one being pretty much a wash. It may not be as bad because, like I said, that Edmonton offense is getting to know one another. Um, they are going to um, maybe have a little time getting it coming down, although it's a good thing for them get, having both Trevor Harris and Greg Ellingson because uh, those guys have been playing together for years and they know each other, so that can be helpful. But even so, uh, this one's not going to be particularly close, I'm thinking. I don't see this Montreal team putting up a lot of points with this offense. This is a real uh, weird situation with the head coach coaching his first game. He didn't even get to coach to two preseason games. He takes over a <laughs> preseason afterwards, which is just weird as weird gets. Uh, but I think this one is going to be um, a bit of a laugher. It's like I said, not as bad as if uh, Edmonton had all the timing down. I'm going to give uh, I'm going to give this one to Edmonton, 28 to 12. 28 to 12. Okay, over to William. 
the Alouettes coming over to play the Eskimos. So, I've been looking at the Alouettes lineup. Yeah. And they got they got Hinock or whatever the heck his name is. You you'd pronounce it right most of the time. What's his first name? Christopher. It's Enoch. Enoch. No, you don't Enoch. pronounce the C. Okay. The C is silent at the he's end. Also, he's also Eno. He's also an he's also an XXX Blue Bomber, and I liked it when he played for the Bombers. They have two, count them, two all-star cornerbacks in Siante Evans and, uh, God, what's his name? Come on, Tommy Campbell. And okay. uh, they've got that, that running back who's quite a beast. Come on, what's his name? Starts with an S. Uh, well, Steph, they got Stephen Logan, but that's their kick returner. Stand no, back. no, not Stephen Logan. Stand back, right? And so he's a hard-nosed runner. He's a hard-nosed runner. You got first week head coach Kahari Jones, and uh, and uh, you know when guys are down, really down, they they they're they dangerous. Can't go any lower. They can't go any lower. They got to come up, and nobody's given Montreal any credit whatsoever. It's a it's a it's a tire fire. It's a clusterfuck. It's it's all kinds of things. And uh, then you got the Edmonton Eskimos, who they have uh, they have Trevor Harris, and the question is which Trevor Harris is going to show up? Good Trevor Harris or bad Trevor Harris? Mediocre Trevor Harris or great Trevor Harris? Um, they got Ellingson. They got. Two, they signed two all-star, three all-star linebackers in yeah. in the off season. Man, they sound like a good team on paper. But then you got Jason Moss as the head coach. So I'm going to make this real simple. Oh, and I forgot to mention, you got future Hall of Famer uh, Anthony Pipkin. So or Antonio Pipkin, whatever his name is. And That's a quarterback for Montreal. He doesn't have. And he doesn't have Doug Flutie behind him, and they're not going to pull him out for Doug Flutie, or not Doug Flutie for uh, Johnny. What's his face? Football. Hang on, hang on, so, hang on, hang on. Did you actually just confuse Doug Flutie with Johnny Football Manziel? Did you really, Christopher? Christopher? I'm, I'm, Christopher? They're both midgets. They're both I'm midgets. I'm a ball. Okay, what can I, I say? I'm, yeah, Flutie's well, the best quarterback no, ever played football in this Canada. So, oh my so God. for the benefit of the for the benefit of the Eastern fans in the world, I am gonna pick Montreal twenty-eight, Eskimos twelve. That's the same score. Charles got only opposite teams. Yes, sir. No, it's not. He said eleven. No, he said yeah. 12. No, I said 12. Oh, sorry. No, he did say 12. Yeah, yeah I wrote it 12. down. That's fine. 28, 12. Complete opposite. I, I, I'm still just dumbfounded that you confuse Flutie with Manziel. I, I fucking... They, they have the same body type, Christopher. They're the same type of quarterback. Okay. Small. What can I say? Small. 
I, I just no response to this. Mark, Mark, please get me out of this one, okay? Please do something. Montreal Alouettes, Edmonton Eskimos in Edmonton at Commonwealth Stadium. Who's going to win this one? Will is definitely right when it comes to Edmonton and Trevor Harris. I've said it the whole time he's been in the league. He's been okay. You've never liked Trevor Harris. No, I haven't. He was no. okay he was okay to good in the East. And yes, he gets to play an East team this week. But he yes, he's got Ellingson, but now he has to get used to a brand new offensive line. And Edmonton hasn't always been known as having very good offensive lines, just ask Mike Riley. It's true. I I don't think Montreal is at a point yet where they can beat Edmonton. So I'm going to stay with, I'll go Edmonton 23, Montreal 18. Okay. Phil, this is you, buddy. All right. Well, I think uh, Will covered it pretty well. In fact, I, I'm checking for a camera here to see if he read my notes because I agree with almost everything he said except for that about Hinoch Muamba. So I'll short form this. I, I think with uh, Trevor Harris is familiar with, with Greg Ellingson. They, there are going to be some connections made there. And C.J. Gable in the backfield, I think that's going to give the uh, the front seven of Montreal quite a bit of, quite a bit of trouble early on here. And if Edmonton can't move the ball in the air, and Montreal are ten point underdogs going in, and that seems extreme if you don't consider the story that they just let that they cut their head coach on cut down day. Um, that said, I, I like the personality I have on the field in 2019. I think Will, I won't go over it again because Will, I think, covered it really good. I, I really like, except for I really like their their young offensive line. Uh, I like what they've got there with with Tony Washington at, at left tackle, kind of anchoring things, and and one of three uh, right tackle Canadians in the whole league in Tyler Johnstone. Um, and they got that Spencer Wilson out of Calgary last year. I like their offensive line. That's going to give that young quarterback, I think, a little bit of time, but not in week one. Um, that it's going to take take some time for that offensive line to get it together. And with receivers like DeVry Posey, Ernest Jackson, and B.J. Cunningham, they're, they're going to be a force down the road. So I've got uh, Edmonton 24, Montreal 18. Edmonton 24-18. Okay, um, CJ here. Uh, first off, I'm going to go back to the Saskatchewan-Hamilton game, and I'm going to change my pick from, Sus- from Hamilton to Saskatchewan. I'm picking the Riders in this one. And I'm going to pick the same score, 26-23, but I'm going to pick Saskatchewan for no other reason than nobody else did. So it doesn't matter how bad my score is off. If Saskatchewan wins, I get the points. Okay, It's all about points for me. I sucked last year, so I'm going to try to do this. Anyhow, no, I'm, I'm just joking. Actually, uh, a lot of arguments back just, and forth on that one. You sucked badly. I sucked badly last year, yeah. Only Charles was worse. 
Oh, did Thanks I say that one up? up. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that one up. Yeah. Okay. So I, I changed that to Saskatchewan, uh, 26-23. So I've got it marked down on my thing. Will, you update your little sheet there that you've got. And uh, what's that? Uh, Steven's got to do that too. So pay attention. Okay. Um, Montreal, Edmonton here. This is a tough one. After free agency. It is? I, I'm sorry? You said it's, it's a, tough, a one. tough one? It's a tough one okay. for me. After free agency, I made a very, very bold statement. And I said, Montreal and Toronto are very quietly building powerhouse teams. Okay? And I honestly believe that still to this day. The problem with both of those teams hasn't changed. Neither one of them have a fucking quarterback. Okay? I have no faith in Anthony Pipkin, Antonio Pipkin, and I have no faith in um, Franklin, James Franklin. So I, I don't think they're quarterbacks. I don't think they're worthy of this. So that's why I have a problem with Montreal and Toronto when I put them down at the bottom of the league. Although for this sake and time, um, I'm going to take Montreal for this score, and I am going to take them in at the 23-18 mark. I'm going to take Mark's score, but I'm going to opposite it for Montreal. 23-18, Montreal. Okay, I'm going to pick the Alouettes. You're, and, you're, uh, really, you're really going after the points this year, aren't you? Yes, you are. <laughs> No, I'm not. Well, you took Montreal, so I'm, yes, you I'm not are. solo on yes, this you one. Are. Yes, you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see okay. what happens, okay? Because I, I, I don't think so. I really think Montreal's not going to be that bad of a team. I just don't think they're going to be able to generate the points that the other teams are going to be able to do. So if their defense come up and be, play solid, they're going to get themselves in a lot more football games. I like the fact that Mike Sherman is fucking gone from this league, Okay. Uh, I never wanted him in this league. He never fit in this league. The only thing that disappoints me that Mike Sherman's not going to be in here, and that's I think, Phil, you brought this up last week, is that we're not going to see him be fight with his mic anymore, his headset, because that was priceless, him fighting. Couldn't get rid of the headset. Anyhow, um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's kind of that one's going to happen. Now, this is the toughest game of the week to predict. Not really. Um Ottawa in Calgary playing the Stampeders at McMahon. Grey Cup champions against... Oh, was this the team they played in the Grey Cup last year? Grey Cup rematch. Ottawa Red Blacks, Calgary Stampeders. Charles, how do you see this one going down? Calgary's top of the Western Division or top of the league after this weekend? Yeah, this is another one for me that I think is not going to be a very um, – it's going to be – not going to be very close. Now, this one's a little bit different than – well, Calgary's not no, the same quarterback, but he's got a lot of new receivers and other moving parts on that team. But Ottawa starting Dominic Davis. Do we really have to say anything else? No. That? No. Really, I mean – Ottawa is not going to be. They've been death. They were another team that was absolutely decimated 
after the um, free agency. They lost a lot of the key parts of that team that went to the Grey Cup with them last year. They kept Sinopoli. I'm sorry, they... Pardon me? They kept Sinopoli. Yes. But with all of the other guys that are gone, there's going to be a lot more attention on him now uh, than there was before. This uh, is not going to be a good... This is a Grey Cup rematch. or Yeah, a Grey Cup rematch from last year. Uh, and I think the result's going to be the same but I think it's going to be a little bit more lopsided than the Grey Cup game is. And, yes, the Stampeders um, have some a lot of new parts. And, again, like other teams, they're probably going to ha- take a couple games to get, down, get their timing down, kind of gel as a group. That's not uncommon. But they still have enough parts that were part of that um, – that were part of that um, – Grey Cup team that I think they're going to be able to beat their uh, Grey Cup opponent again this time. Uh, they've still got Bo by Mitchell, and he's been able to put up lots of points in the past. And I think he's going to put up a fair amount of points here. And let's face it, is anyone out there really think that Dominic Davis is the answer in Ottawa? If you do, I've got some uh, oceanfront property in Colorado to sell you. Uh, this Rick, gonna Rick be, Campbell um, does. Yeah, that's the problem. Um, yeah, Calgary's going to win this one 30 to 10. It's not going to be very close. And the only reason it's only 30 is because Calgary has some more points, some new players and so on. If this were middle of the season, I might be picking this one to be a lot uh, more lopsided. But I'll give 30 to 10 for Calgary in this one. Okay. Cool. This is Will. You're coming up. Is this the first 50 burger? Mm, well, let me say my piece and then I'll decide. Okay. Um, I hate I hate people saying this is the Grey Cup rematch because half of each team is gone. Okay. True. No Trevor Harris. No Ellingson. No no same running backs. Calgary's lost their entire defense. So, you know, and on top of that, I hear, and this is just a rumor, I hear there's not going to be an icy field tomorrow night or uh, Saturday night. So, you know, it's not really a great cup rematch. But um, I, I've always been a Dominic Davis fan, and he tried out for Calgary four or five years ago, and I liked what he did in the preseason. I liked what he did in the preseason because they kept – they kept that Moniz guy over Dominic Davis, and I thought that was a mistake. But on the other hand, I think Dave Dickinson and John Huffnagel are pretty good judges of quarterbacks. So, um, but, and on the other hand, maybe Rick Campbell's philosophy is this. When was Jonathan Jennings at his best? Coming off in the bench. First two, in his first season, when he came off the bench, okay, he was lights yeah. out all the way. So maybe that's going to be Rick Campbell's philosophy. And uh, But um, because Christopher likes to <clears throat> antagonize me, and I, I have said on this show recently that Bo Levi is going to break Doug Flutie's all-time season record, so he's got to start on Saturday night. So I'm going to go with a 
fifty. Did you hear me? A five zero. Fifty burger. Okay. Two, two, and I'm not totally sold on Calgary's defense yet because they're going to have to gel. There's a whole bunch of new faces. I think they will eventually have a good defense, but not right away. And I'm going to give uh, uh, Ottawa the benefit of the doubt and say 21 points. Okay. And I just wanted to throw in. I just Uh-oh. wanted to throw in there, Phil. I may, Phil. I make an <laughs> offer to everybody on the podcast all the time. Um, I don't know if you're going to the game on Saturday night, but if you aren't and you want to, I have a. I have an extra ticket to yours if you want it. See, Phil, you got a new friend. That's sweet. We- Will's a great host, by the way. I flew out to Calgary last year, stayed at his place. He took me to the game. We had a great scream. Uh, I had a rifle stolen and a car stolen on my yard during the game. It was terrible. Uh, but, you know, that's, I can't. Did you let it's you not Will. What happens when that, you live that in That wasn't DC. Will's fault. That wasn't Will's fault. What's that, buddy? Did he let you use his toothbrush? No. No. Well, he's not much of a host. Yeah, he cooked me a hell of a good steak. No, no. I hats off, kudos to Will. He he's a great guy and uh, great tickets and uh, the perfect, great atmosphere. All the people around hated me wearing orange. And BC almost oh, built the, beat beat Calgary that game. Almost, it was close. Okay, <laughs> Mark. Mark, Mark, yes. Ottawa, traveling west to Calgary. This does have all the makings of a beatdown, I think, if it was later in the season. Um, with Calgary having so many changes on the, de- the defense and a few changes as well on the offense, it's going to take them a little bit to get going. Ottawa... I I know I did like Dominic Davis when he first came to Winnipeg, but when he finally moved on, it was like, thank you very much. I saw you in regular season football games, and yeah. Bye-bye now. Yeah. So I don't know how long it will be before Jennings comes in. Um, if the coach goes along the lines of how he was last year, he doesn't change quarterbacks. So he could give him a long leash, which could mean an interesting score. I'm going to go with Calgary, of course. I'm going to say 27 to 11 for Ottawa. Okay. Bill, the hated Calgary Stampeders, Ottawa. Well, Dom Davis versus Paul Levi Mitchell. I, I don't know what the point spread is, but it probably isn't enough. Uh, with with Bo Levi and, and a pretty talented group of receivers that even what he's got healthy right now, and an offense run by Dickinson, they're going to put up some points. It's game one. They're not going to put up 50. There's no 50-burger here. 
of course, I'm not as high on their defense here in Calgary, uh, you know, when they've lost at least seven starters, but uh, I'm confident it'll be enough to handle the new look Ottawa Red Blocks in, in week one. Um, as for Ottawa, their offensive depth chart reads something like, correct me if I'm wrong, Brad Sinopoli, and and then we'll, I, I don't know what the rest is. Um, that's it. Uh, their defense looks better than all with defense backs Jonathan Rose and Tyndall and a decent D-line uh, featuring like Jonathan Newsom and Mike Wakefield. But uh, And then at quarterback, as far as Don Davis, uh, you know, that that oceanfront property that Charles has, uh, I, I'm willing to have a look at it. I'm not going to put a deposit down yet, but I, I'll have a look at it. Okay, um, and I also like Will's com- comment about uh, having having a quarterback to come off the bench. So, I got Calgary thirty-five, uh, Ottawa eighteen. Okay, um, I'm not a Bo Levi Mitchell fan, and I don't ever hide that. But when you got Bo Levi Mitchell against Dom Davis. How can you call this a football game? I don't know. Now, you know, yes, Calgary's got most of their, their offense intact in from last year. Uh, yeah, there might be some change-up on the O-line, and there might be some change-up on, on, on receivers, but it doesn't really matter. It's not the players that make a difference on the Calgary Stampeders because it's the system that John Huffnagel has created. And it doesn't matter who the coaches are. It doesn't matter who the players are. If everyone buys into the system that he has created, they win. There's just, it's, it's, they're literally unstoppable. They just win football games because of the system that has been created. It's not, doesn't need superstars. It doesn't need anything else. It needs players to buy into the system and execute. And if they do that, Calgary wins. Now, yes, I'm a little concerned about the Calgary defense. They lost seven starters. Okay? I'm a little concerned about that. But they're playing Dom Davis. Sorry. This one's a Calgary victory, 42-3. to I have no faith that Ottawa is going to be able to put any points on the board against this defense. Zero faith. 42 to 3 for Calgary Stampeders. That's where I got them. Last game up. Oh, I'm so excited for this one. 7 p.m. Pacific time at BC Play Stadium. We'll have the Winnipeg Blue Bombers being hosted by the British Columbia Lions. It's football. We've got three fans on this panel that are supporting this game. Maybe even Will. Um, Charles, you're first up, BC Lions. You get to go to the game. You get to get a uh, Mike O'Reilly bobblehead that 5,000 are being given away to the first 5,000 fans through the door. We expect this to be a great crowd, probably 20, 25,000 people. Season tickets are way up. This could be the start of something wonderful for the BC Lions. I'm excited. Charles. Well, it was really nice the other day when I went online because I went out to buy my tickets for Saturday's game. And I went online and went on Ticketmaster, and it shows all the different seats that are sold and the seats that aren't sold. And I'm looking around. I'm like, 
boy, I better hurry up and get this because there's not a lot of blue left, and the blue are the unsold tickets. So it's exciting. It looks like we're going to have a, a good crowd for opening night, and it's nice to see. Now the question is, will the Lions uh, deliver? And this is my game of the week by far. I think most people will say that this is the game of the week because um, these are two teams that – and both of these teams could very easily win the Western Division. And not only that, over the past few league, few seasons, the Winnipeg-BC games have been phenomenal. And that was with uh, an injured Travis Lule and Jonathan Jennings. Add Mike Riley into the mix. Add Deron Carter into the mix. And this could just get even better if that's possible. But Well, for a BC it's exciting. fan. Um, yeah. But it's exciting. Uh, I mean, I sure, I was at the preseason game last weekend. I'm sorry, it's not the same. This is regular season. Two points are on the line. We're going to see the whole team the whole game. And it's exciting. Now, there are two main questions for the BC Lions on the, that I have. One is, are they going to be able to generate enough pass rush? Um, Deron Carter, or Deron Carter, Devon Claybrooks, of course. Hey, both DC. I never thought of that. Devon Claybrooks is known, of course, as a uh, defensive genius, uh, having just led the uh, helping help lead the Stampeders defense to a great cup last year. He's also got Rich Stubler. Yes, he's still alive uh, in as a defensive coordinator. Um, so we've got defensive minds, but I'm just curious of how this is going to work with their path rush. The other um, question mark, I think, with the Lions is their secondary. But I thought, think they put a big step forward last week when they signed uh, Anthony Thompson. Uh, that really, I think, shores up the safety position for them with the Lions actually glad on getting that. Uh, then with other guys, T.J. Lee, and they got Gary Peters there. So I really think their pass Aaron is going to be fine. Aaron Grimes Aaron added Grimes. into the mix as well. Yes, that's a big pickup. That, that low-key could be the biggest free agent signing for the Lions uh, in the offseason. Yeah, of course, guys like Riley and Deron Carter, they got all the press. That might be even more important um, for their defense. So in uh, Winnipeg, well, let's face it. Winnipeg, when you look at all the predictions, when you look at all of the people, Winnipeg is a favorite to win the West. That's who most teams are, most of the quote-unquote experts are picking to finish first in the West, and that's who most of the quote-unquote experts are picking to go to the Grey Cup. So this is a big season for them, and there's a lot of pressure on this team. But it's Matt Nichols, and I'm sorry. Um, I'm not sold that Matt Nichols is a big team player, a big game player. Uh, He's shown nothing to me at this point uh, to let me know that. I wanted to see a bunch out of him in the Western Final against Calgary last year. He really did nothing, couldn't get, uh, really couldn't get his team moving. Uh, So, you know, I'm still taking a wait-and-see attitude. I think Winnipeg is going to be a very good team this year. I think BC is going to be a very good team this year. Mike Riley coming in, he wants to get a big win in front of the home fans. I think it's going to be a very close game. It's going to be the closest game of this the game of the uh, weekend, and this is probably going to shock a lot of people. Not a lot of people are going to be seeing this coming, but I am actually going to pick BC to win the game. I say they're going to win it uh, 35-32. 
I just absolutely don't believe it. You stunned me. How could you pick yeah, BD sure, to win? I'm sure everybody's shocked. William, what are you doing here? BC and Winnipeg. Well, You've been a, a BC fan for the last couple of bunch, years. I've, yeah, I've got Go a bunch of questions here. The number one okay. question is, the Mike Riley bobblehead, bobblehead dog going to have a hat? Oh, I don't know. It I think I've seen it. Hat. It should have, have, a hat. have a hat. they got to have the orange hat on there. They've got to have a goofy hat on him like he wears all the time. So, um, I hope I get one. This is this is definitely the – make sure, Charles, when you get one, you take a picture and post it, please, because I'd like to see it. I will, um, I will do that, yes. There's a there's this is a really really interesting game, okay. I think out of all the teams in the CFL this off season, Winnipeg was the most stable. I think they lost lost the least amount of people, and they brought on a couple of really good people, okay. Um, and I I tend to wonder with BC and they have all these new moving parts. Are they going to be good? I think they're going to be good eventually, but I don't think they're going to be great initially. And the other thing that I've heard online all the time for how many years has it been is Bo Levi Mitchell is only as good as he is because he's in Calgary's system, okay? Um, And so on and so forth. So my question to you guys is, Devon Claybrook's as great of a coach as you think he is, or was it because he was in Calgary's system? I guess we'll find that out this year, okay? But don't and, you think he could bring uh, the system with him? Sure he could, but it's a different organization. It's a different organization, okay? So, and on top of that, they signed Rich Stubler as their defensive coordinator. My God. Okay, like retire. Okay, they have a number of rookie coaches. They also they also uh, have a offensive coordinator that I don't like, Jerry's Jackson. I don't think he's been that great. He wasn't that great last year, but Mike Riley makes every offensive coordinator better. There's no doubt about it. But I'm still thinking on this one. Winnipeg is the more stable of the franchises, to be honest with you. Less moves. Um, also, their defensive line is going to be dying to get to Mike Riley, and they're going to try and run over Sook Chung to get there. And that'll be quite the battle. So that's something that'll be interesting to watch as well. I am going to – I've picked BC so much the last two years, and they've sucked. Sorry, just saying. I am going to pick Winnipeg. Yes, I said it. Winnipeg. Wow. 38 to BC 27. Okay. Winnipeg Blue Bombers fan Mark Weddell. What do you got the Bombers winning the over the Lions by? What's your take on this? Are you going to pick the Bombers? Are you going to do the homer pick here? I think I might do the homer pick, but I have been You lost. might. Right. Yeah. Um, Not. There is, 
you know, when Will brought up about the systems, is Suk Chung as good as he is, or was it the Blue Bombers offensive line system? And that goes both ways. We've got a couple of rookies, looks like they're going to be starting on the O-line. Um, one, Cody Spelter's been with the team, Couture's been with the team, but they haven't really been starters for any length of time, so it's going to be interesting with the changes there. Um, and Will is right, too, in that BC is going to take some time to gel. Yeah, they've had training camp, and they've had their exhibition games, but that doesn't really mean anything. Now the live bullets start. And it's game one of the season, and this is a huge two-point game, a four-point game, really. And it's the first game of the season. That's how tight the West is going to be, I think. But I'm going to go Winnipeg 31, BC 28. It's a close game. That's a field goal. That's a Medlock field goal. I wouldn't be surprised goal. if we get overtime. I can see that. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me either. So. No. Charles, you got him within three. Mark, you got him within three. Will's 11. Bill, what do you think? Well, I'm within three as well, but I'm not going to tell you that just yet until I cover a little bit here. Um, it's been called the game of the week, and, and I agree. This is this is the most exciting game, you know, other than a Ryder game, which, you know, I always love to watch. Um, this one is one. This is must-see television. You didn't even pick the Riders to win. Questions. I didn't this week, but I got them picked for the next three weeks already. That doesn't count. So, the uh, lots of great questions here. D- does BC have the the D line to exploit the changes in the on the on the bomber O line? No, I don't know. It, and and yeah, I'm glad somebody offered something there because I didn't think they do. And. Uh, tra- I'm worried about Charles walking out of the stadium and, and crushing that bobblehead with his heel. That's mm. one of the first things that came to mind listening to you guys. Why would um, I crush it? You well, better I, not crush I, it. He's got to mail it to me. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, I, I have Burnham on my fantasy team this week. And uh, so... I, I think Riley is going to going to look better in week one than he's going to look in week three or four, honestly. And uh, so I'm really to simplify it. I'm looking at Riley versus Matt Nichols in a week one matchup. So I have Team Riley 26 to 23. Clay Brooks is going to get the Gatorade in his first game as a head coach. 26, 23, eh? Okay. So, here's the way I'm looking at this game. It's an interesting one. This is going to be Winnipeg's best chance at beating BC this year. This is it. This is their their best, better chance, the best chance that they're going to get this year to beat BC. They have to come to play football. They hate playing in BC. Justin Medlock, number one kicker in the CFL, or highest paid kicker in the CFL, hates playing in BC Stadium, BC Place. Just absolutely hates it. 
It's the air density. And, uh, you know, Paul McCallum will tell you exactly what the, how to play in, in BC Place, but nobody else ever gets the experience that he does. And you cannot go for long field goals late in the game uh, because it's too hot in there and the ball just kind of dies. Yep. So he hates playing in, in BC Place. Michael Shea hates playing in BC Place. It's just a simple fact of the matter. And, yeah, Jay, you're right on that one. I'm going to give you credits for this one. Um, anyhow, I'm a homer. I'm going to take BC Lions no matter what. So we're going to pick BC down here. Uh, is Mike Riley going to put up some big numbers? I don't see that happening. Uh, I do like Winnipeg. Uh, Matt Nichols is Matt Nichols. He just can't score points. Uh, they rely more on, on Medlock for field goals than they do about uh, Matt Nichols putting it through the upright or through into the end zone. Um, the good thing about this is uh, for Winnipeg is Matt Nichols does ball security. They don't turn over the ball a lot. I am just – I'm torn on this one, but I'm going to take BC Lions, and I am going to go 28 28- 25. I'm going with the three-point spread. Um, 28-25. Wow. Tight one. So that's the that's the games wrapped up. We're 9-15. Man, do, do we ever take a long time to do that? Um, did I print out the agenda? Oh, yeah, this is the agenda. Um, moving on. Eastern Division preview. Charles, what are you talking about there? Are we just this? This is well, basically ha- Hamilton, Ottawa, the, uh, Montreal, Toronto, sort of thing. Yeah, we kind of already did it. In st- well, we were doing. We weren't breaking it down by division. We kind of gave the um, the picks at the top. So uh, basically, one to ten, one to nine. So okay. this is so we're like, gonna uh, who's gonna finish where in each division? But we don't have to. We don't necessarily have to do that. So okay, that's what I thought we were gonna do here. So let's just scrap those for right now, and we'll come back to them if we need to. Uh, Montreal Alouettes okay. part ways with coach Mike Sherman, replaced by Kahari Jones five days before the season starts. Who has ever heard of this happening before? Nobody, because it's never happened. This is fucking crazy. Okay, but why did it happen? It's been said that Mike Sherman never grasped the concept of the Canadian football game and that the players were actually rebelling against him and that there would be an open revolt if they did not get rid of Mike Sherman. Kevin Reed had no choice. He either had a football team or he did not. And so they, they took Mike Sherman and tossed him in the garbage. Now, here's the big question that I have. Ben Sherman is on the team. He is the, uh, Mike Sherman's son. He's, he's one of the coaches. Uh, they've got another coach that came with Mike Sherman out of America. He's still there. Um, and there's another guy in there that is, a, is like a disciple of Mike Sherman. So if Mike Sherman leaves and all these other guys either pack it up and leave or whatever else, we haven't heard of any, anything else happening. How does this affect the management salary cap in Montreal? This is exactly why I think the management salary cap is stupid. Okay, no different than what's going to happen in uh, in Saskatchewan right now because they still have Chris Jones on the books for this season 
as and his salary, and now they've gone and replaced him with a whole pile of other people. Now the whole other other people were already on the team, so there's not a huge mess up on the salaries in this. But this potentially could be a disaster for the Montreal Alouettes having to replace four coaches at some point during the season because they're just not pulling their weight and their heart is not in it. A salary cap for management only hurts the weak teams because the best Calgary Stampeders are not going to turn over management. They just simply are not going to do it. It doesn't. You don't fire Dave Dickinson. You don't fire Mark Killen. You don't fire any of these other coaches. You've got them for the whole season. They're there for a reason. They win football games. It, but a, a, a management salary cap hurts the weaker teams because you can't, it doesn't allow them to get better, to find better personnel. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I don't give a shit what the players want. I don't give a shit what the CFLPA is whining about, that the management gets all these luxuries and the players don't. I don't give a shit. I want better football teams. And better football teams happen by firing coaches and managers. How else do you get a bad team to get better? I hate it. It's it's, it's my rant for the evening. I absolutely hate the management salary cap. That being said... Mike Sherman is gone, replaced by Kahari Jones five days before the season starts. And nobody, nobody out there doesn't think this is a bad idea. Everybody's agreeing with it. It's, it, it's ridiculous. It's complete lunacy, but it's a good move. That's my take anyhow. Uh, wrap this one around. Phil, what do you think on Mike Sherman being unceremoniously shown the door? Well, that's terrible. Uh, that's absolutely terrible, especially this late, you know, going into the season. But uh, just to backtrack there a little bit, uh, uh, I don't think the Rough Riders are on the hook for any of Chris Jones' salary because he quit his job. I think if you fire a coach, then a portion of the coach's salary affects, is, is affected against the coach's salary cap. So I think they're okay there. Uh, the other thing I You I might be right. I might be, in, it, be completely wrong on that. I'm sorry. Yeah. I also disagree a little bit on the uh, that it affects the weaker teams in the league. Um, you know, in Saskatchewan, we've been calling it the Saskatchewan rule because Saskatchewan was paying more for coaches than anyone else in the, in the league. You know, so that's because you know, everything in the in the league happens because of the riders, right? Saskatchewan Rough Riders that, think that's true everything is about them. Well, it kind of is. Yes, I agree there. I agree, Chris. <laughs> No, uh, and uh, just to move on, I I, uh, I didn't know that about the uh, about so much of that coaching staff being part of Mike Sherman's team. That's yeah. uh, that's concerning. Mm-hmm. That's about all I can say about that. Okay. My daughter just dropped me a bowl of popcorn. I'm being bad. Mark, what do you got to say there? It's ridiculous timing to fire him this close to the beginning of the season, right at the beginning of the season. But it did have to be done. If it's true that he didn't grasp the game, you can't keep him. You're just burying your team even further if you do. It's like you said, it's where the um, salary cap for the coaches is dumb. 
and I think we've all said that right from the start of it. But Montreal had to do it. They had to get a coach from within, so Kahari was his first head coaching job. Now is also the offensive coordinator. Should be interesting. Trial by fire, I guess, for him. But, yeah, no, they had to do it. Horrible timing, but it had to be done. The only good thing that came out of Mike Sherman was the uh, headphone fiasco. We'll mm-hmm. always have that. So, that's it. Okay, Will, you take over. Charles, you're up next. You know what? You know what? You know what? It, it's funny because you say they left behind three of Mike Sherman's disciples and his son. But in reality, the only thing worse than firing the head coach five days before the season is firing all the coaches before the season. Okay? So they couldn't do that. Um, I, I, I was listening to uh, – uh, David Sanchez this week and one of the things he brought up was that Mike Sherman, this is an interesting concept, Mike Sherman in the in the five months during the football season last year did not talk to Ernst Jackson at all. Did not have one conversation with him at all. And and for a head coach to be like that, I, I don't know man, that's that's not that's not great because I would think they try and get to know their team. And uh, I guess everybody's saying he just didn't grasp the concept of the Canadian Football League. So I, what's the difference between moving on five days before the season or moving on three games into the season? I mean, it, 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 obviously, I would think Montreal management, which I don't think too much of, they saw things not happening. And they decided to make a move before they had to do it in the middle of the season. And so, hey, it's not the greatest move, but it's a move. That's all I can say. And, I mean, we'll see how it works out. Maybe Kahari Jones is the greatest head coach in the history of the CFL. We'll see. He didn't look that way when he was the OC at numerous places. But maybe if he's in control... Maybe it's going to be different. I guarantee you that going forward, that team is definitely going to be a long ball team because we know we know how much Kahari Jones likes to throw the long ball. So let's see what happens. Go ahead, Charles. Um, did it really take the preseason to realize that Mike Sherman wasn't grasping the Canadian game? If this was the case, this should have been done in the off season, so that a new coach could come in and properly uh, run a training camp. It's not like this just came out of nowhere. Uh, it was pretty obvious watching the um, uh, Alouette play last year that he just wasn't getting it. So I'm sorry. Um, this is on Cavis Reed again. Uh, we gone after him in a, a couple of times this season, or not this season, but over the summer and over the uh, off season and in previous years. Cavins Reed must have pictures of somebody of somebody because everyone's losing the job but him. And I don't understand why because he's the biggest screw-up on the team. 
Um, I don't see this as a uh, – well, I just see this as another failure of Cavus Reed, quite frankly, because uh, this is a move that should have been done before training camp. And now all you've done is you put Kahari Jones in an impossible situation. You're not giving him any chance of success. Notice Cavus Reed didn't take over as uh, – coach himself, which he's done before, because he's not dumb enough to put himself in that position let somebody else do it. Um, but this is just a tire fire. Um, and I'm sorry, and I've said this before, the Montreal Alouettes are not going to get any better as long as Cavus Reed is there. They need a change at the top. Now, the thing is, that's probably not going to happen until they finally find a buyer for the team. But um, quite frankly, this is just not a uh, a recipe for success, and this team is going nowhere fast uh, with this kind of uh, tire fire crap. That's all I got. You done? Yeah, I'm done. Okay, so here is uh, I'm working on an article here. Ben Sherman is still with the team, and this is um, this is what's his name, son, Mike Sherman's son. Uh, Reed says, to be fair to Ben Sherman, we have not changed anything with Ben. This was a decision about Coach Sherman, so my thinking is it isn't fair to comment on Ben. So, so be it. Kavis Reed, you're an idiot. Okay, so. Um, Goes on. Uh, receivers coach Andre Barboza has a relationship with Sherman. Sherman hired him. This is the uh, one of the assistant coaches that was promoted after Jason Tucker left. Jason Tucker left because he couldn't stand Mike Sherman. Uh, further down, Bob Slowick, who is the defensive coordinator, was on Sherman's staff when he was with the Green Bay Packers. He was hired by Sherman last season to uh, take over as the defensive coordinator for the Montreal Alouettes. And now Mike Sherman is gone, but Bob Slowick is still here. So we're talking about four major components of the Montreal Alouettes coaching staff that is either out the door, uh, one foot out the door, or going, what the fuck am I doing here? How is this functional? It's not. That's why the word dysfunctional has come to play. Montreal Alouettes are a mess. So who honestly picked Montreal to win this game? Oh, CJ did and will. Okay. Uh, bunch of idiots. Okay. That's uh, that's my take on this. Everybody's had their turn. Phil, Mark. Mark, did you go? Yeah, I did. Phil hasn't, though. I don't think Phil did. Phil? Yes. Phil? Oh, Phil didn't. Speak. That's true. Yes, he did. Phil, Phil speak up. Yeah, I started it off. Yeah, I thought so. I started oh, it off. Phil started right. it off. Right. I thought we started it with Phil. That's when I started munching on this popcorn. And the okay. only reason CJ picked Montreal is because he wants to be like Will when he grows up. So. What? Younger? 
as good looking as I am, buddy. Oh God. Anyways, keep on going. Keep on going, buddy. Hi. Final cuts before season Just, by all teams. Were there any surprises? I didn't see any. I really didn't see any surprises. Nothing shocked me. There's no free agents out there right now that just absolutely need to be picked up. I saw BC actually pulled somebody off the Edmonton practice roster today, an old lineman. Did you see that? That was kind of freaky. Yeah. Then there's a big discussion over how you actually do that because it does happen. Okay, was there any surprises in the final cuts? Will, anybody shocked you? Um, I think two. One was Anthony Coombs out of Toronto. Yeah. And I think the other one was Rashad Simonese out of Winnipeg. So, I, 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 Anthony Coombs was, what was he, a second round pick or a second overall pick three or four years ago? And mm-hmm. Simonese, I can't remember what he was, but he was way up there as well. So, it obviously, Obviously, BC saw something in him because they have signed him since then, have they not? Yep. Yeah, Simon Ease is, yeah. is now a BC so, line. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he's quite a head case. Um, um, so, I mean, he's been he's been in football wonderland since he was 19 years old. And so, hey... Who knows? But those were the two biggest ones. I mean, uh, I, I'm, surpri- I'm more surprised at a couple of guys that aren't signed yet. And, uh, well, one of them was Kevin Glenn, but he retired today. So, and, yeah, so I guess I guess you always think, you always got to think if you find somebody younger, cheaper, faster, then you'll go with them. So, I mean, I still think Anthony Coombs had an upside. And is he signed in Winnipeg, Mark, or not? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet, but that is the rumor. Not yet. Oh, okay. Okay. So, there you no go. No one would be go surprised. Ahead. Well, since you're talking, Mark, keep going. And actually, can I just throw something else in there? My buddy's uh, son did not make the St. Peter's roster. They sent him back to university, but according to his dad, they did tell him that if one Canadian receiver gets hurt before August 15th, they will bring him back. So we shall see. Hmm. And they still own his, his right, and he still has one year well, of college yeah, eligibility. So he they could come back next year. Right, release them, okay? And and the only reason they've made the August fifteenth as the cutoff date is because that's when his training camp starts in uh, Toronto, and uh, and they want to take him off the team once he's playing for them. So yeah, and that's cool. fair. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go ahead. So Mark, you're up. Really, for surprises league-wide, there isn't. But from Winnipeg, just from myself, I'm really surprised we released uh, the quarterback, Brian Bennett. Um, 
considering he could also play special teams. That's kind of the ideal third-string quarterback you want. But uh, this other kid that they brought in beat him out. And Simon Eyes was offered a practice roster spot, and he refused it, obviously, to sign with BC. He, apparently coming out of camp, he was the fourth of the four Canadian receivers they had. So he just he got beat out. Hopefully he does better in BC because he's got all the talent in the world. But Will's right. The guy is a complete head case. He's been busted for steroids, got moved a year out of the draft. So well, hopefully he goes. But hey, other than that, BC's no. collecting hmm. head cases. Yes, they are. Kind of goes with the GM, possibly. What, they're on cars? Yeah, he could be by the end of the year. Who knows? And, and I'm and I'm sure Simon he's one of Simon he's just uh, <laughs> idols is Deron Carter too. So <laughs> Simon I will just be. I honestly think he'll be put onto the practice roster. I, I, I don't see him making the team. Depth. He's not going to take Chad depth. Johnson's spot. That's for sure. Or Chad. Um, what is his name? He's got the name? You mean Shaq Johnson. Shaq Johnson. Shaq Johnson. Yes. But he's Shaq got the Johnson. Canadian passport. He's got the Canadian passport. So if you run into so does Shaq injuries Johnson, and you need yeah. a Canadian to put in. But if you run into injuries and you need a Canadian to put in, you take an American receiver out and you slide him in. Mm-hmm. So I mean, let's face it. Let's face it. Receivers get injured. Just ask Calgary yep. last year, right? Mm-hmm. We so. saw that. Okay, Phil. But Oh, sorry, Mark, you're not finished? Go ahead. No, that's all. Okay. Phil, surprises. Cut down day. What, what so shocks you? Surprises. In, in 2019, there were so few surprises compared to, to most years, uh, particularly 2018. But I, I think a lot of that had to do with uh, so many players entering the, the uh, free agent market. Uh, you know, as an example, if this had maybe had been uh, Solomon Aluminium's second season in Saskatchewan, uh, he might have been cut already. Um, and, I, and, 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 you, and I think you're going to see that across the league, you know, with some guys that are maybe struggling a little bit early, getting in a new system and everything, are, are given a little more rope. Um, Rashad Simonites was my biggest Honest, biggest surprise. So it was one of the late ones. There was that I learned about. Uh, the guy's a twelfth overall. Um, he was actually expected to be a higher pick uh, in the draft last year than he was, and and a lot of people in Rider Nation thought that was the pick we should have made, and then we didn't. And, and of course, Chris Jones' regime took a lot of heat over that. But uh, um. He's and I was and you guys covered it actually. I had a note made here that he's apparently the Canuck version of Duran Carter, and uh, it's, it's something I didn't realize. But that was a really good point made by Mark about his practice roster offer uh, that he turned down. Uh, I, I didn't realize that. I thought they cut him out right. And, and, you, and those, these are some of the things you just never know because you don't you don't hear the inside of what goes on in the GM's office. And another. Uh, a couple of late surprises, a couple of Canadians. 
like I said, it wasn't a lot to comment on, was that uh, Chris Osikusi, I think he was a second rounder from last year. Um, I I think he's got a chance of being picked up again, unless there's some problems with him that I don't know about. Um, and, and Josiah St. John. Uh, late in the season, Josiah St. John started a couple games for the Riders and, and looked pretty good at right guard. And, oh, and uh, He was a bust. And uh, but the two starts he had in in October, he 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 looked good. He he kept their quarterbacks down up straight. And uh, and and but the thing is, there was no chance that the Riders were going to bring him back this year because of the depth, especially after signing like Philip Lake that I mentioned earlier, uh, with just too much talent, too much money spent at, at on the offensive line. There was, it, it, we couldn't couldn't bring him back unless we were to cut somebody like like Philip Lake or Labatt or Clark were to retire. But uh, here's here's something I'm not surprised at. Number one, Brandon Bridge. Anybody who knows me knows how little of a fan of Brandon Bridge I am. So when he got cut uh, at when he's entering his fifth year in the CFL for a uh, first-year Canadian quarterback who really had all his snaps in – U sports. Uh, that kind of tells you where, where Brandon Bridge is at. And I, a lot of people are going to hate me for that statement in, back in the Rider Nation. <laughs> That's just the way I feel. Uh, I just think hey. he's a bum. And without going into details. And for the Rider fans, uh, I'm not surprised that uh, really the two big cuts they made that's Crescent Butler and uh, Trey Mafuda, uh, both great players on defense, but they're both 32 years old. That pretty much covers my my comments on the uh, on the cuts. Okay, Charles, flying over to you, buddy. Yeah, like Phil said, this was a rarity. Uh, normally, you get three or four really head scratchers coming out of the cuts uh, going into the season, but we really didn't get that there. Uh, Anthony Coombs was probably the biggest one for me too. Uh, I still thought he was a really fairly talented receiver, but. Um, Obviously, the Argos thought of otherwise and uh, cut him loose. And uh, I wasn't really so much surprised at Josiah St. John uh, that I was thinking to myself, boy, I remember two years ago when this guy had like a big, uh, big chest and thought he was all that and held out for more money when he was first drafted. And two years later, he's out of the league, and I'd be surprised right now to see anybody pick him up. So... It's uh, kind of, uh, almost kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Satisfying to see that guy who thought he was everything and basically get chopped down to size. Because I remember him being uh, a crybaby and complaining about not getting enough money and blah, blah, blah. And he had never played uh, a down in the CFL. Well, the guy couldn't cut it. The guy's a bust. So, so sad. Uh, too bad, so sad. Bye-bye. Uh, that's how it is. So, um, yeah, but other than that, really not uh, many um, huge uh, surprises in that one. So this was one of those years that it was um, pretty straightforward, to be honest. Yep. It, it, it just, there was just nothing, nothing to happen. It just, yeah. It was a non-event for me. 
at, usually, like Charles says, there's you know two or three really big names, and uh, just didn't happen. It just didn't happen this time. There was nobody went, wow, we got to pick him up. Oh, ho- hopefully he comes to, to the Lions. Well, there was nobody out there. Uh, Simon E, uh, or Simon E, whatever the fuck his name is. Uh, I think he's got some talent. I think he could be a great addition to the BC Lions, especially on some depth, the Canadian depth. Uh, it's not a bad thing. Um, he's not going to come in here and act the ass that everybody thinks he is because Usually you do that so that you can get the most amount of attention. Well, Deron Carter's got him beat hands down. You can't compete with Deron <laughs> Carter on that level. So you might as well just pack it up, shut it down, and do try to do something else. Focus on playing football. Uh, you know, you never know. You never know. I, I, I don't care one way or the other. Uh, if he makes the team great, if he doesn't make the team great, I don't care. I'm totally indifferent. I just think that BC Lions should stop trying to collect head cases. Uh, I've never been a Drawn Carter fan, although I've been defending the hell out of him because he's an amazing talent at, at football. Um, three out of five seasons, he was over a thousand yards. The other one, uh, he was injured, and he, uh, the the fifth season, he was playing defense. So how can you score get a thousand yards when you're playing defense? Um, so I, I think the guy could theoretically already have five seasons, five thousand yard seasons. And uh, without question, and and still never playing with a football, with a with a quarterback. So I don't know how I got on the Deron Carter subject here when I'm talking about names that got cut because he didn't get cut. Okay, so we're just gonna ignore that. He's your man on. crush. He's your man He's crush. A, yeah, I got a man crush on him right now. I do. I do. I absolutely do. Yeah. And and I've always liked Deron Carter. I just hate the way he disrespects the league. Okay, let's discuss the results of before the. Before we CF. go forward. No. But before we but, go forward, are we talking? Are we talking enough about the Eastern Conference? I'm just checking. Go on. Oh, Charles, don't bring that up. Go on. Leave that alone. Go on. <laughs> Go on. Well, we talked about Montreal Alouettes and Mike Sherman and all of his final thing, and we got talked about some final cutdowns, but there was no real surprise. We did talk about the Toronto Argonauts with Anthony Coombs. We did talk about a Hamilton-Saskatchewan game. We talked about a Montreal-Edmonton game. We talked about an Ottawa game, and we talked about oh, the – BC Winnipeg was well, Winnipeg's not really an Eastern team anymore. Although we could put them back over there if Montreal dies. Um, okay, we're good. Yeah, I, I think we talked a lot about Eastern teams this today, and you know, and yep. I don't know what else we could talk about Eastern teams. Let's discuss okay. the results of the CFI, uh, CFL media poll. Which media poll are we talking about? Top fifty players. Oh. Is no, that what we're talking about this one. This was no. Okay. That, this was one that came out, uh, I think, yesterday, and it was uh, oh, okay. just the um, CFL media poll. Uh, there's a bunch of different categories. Um, okay, I think I, I posted I'll, I'll, it there. You got you got I the link. I, I had to go back. I delete the link, yeah. so I had to go back and get it. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So which team will win the West Division? There's 50 votes. 48 percent went to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. 34 to Calgary, 14 to BC, 4 to Saskatchewan, Ed, uh, or sorry, Edmonton, Eskimos got 4%, and Saskatchewan got no votes. No votes. And this is by the Canadian media. There was 50, 50 different participants in it. Okay, so this was the first, first one. Who will win the Western Division? Which team will win the West Division? 40, 
24 votes went to Winnipeg, 17 to Calgary, 7 to BC, and 2 to Edmonton. Wow. No no, no love for your Saskatchewan Rough Riders there, Phil. Uh, which team will win the Eastern Division? Hamilton got 43 votes or 86%. Ottawa had four votes with 8%. Toronto with three and six. And Montreal got no loving. Ooh, Anybody surprised by any of this? Yeah, nobody took find Ottawa. Four people that take Ottawa. No, nobody. I don't honestly think Ottawa is going to win the Eastern Division. So I hate these polls because they don't really put people in 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 the correct order. Um, but I don't think Ottawa is going to be as bad as everybody thinks they are. Is there any any anybody want to make dominant? With Dominic Davis as the starting quarterback, you said that, didn't you? You said that loud. Yeah, but I don't think he's going to be the starting on, quarterback on very long. Podcast. Okay, I don't don't believe he's going to be starting <laughs> okay. quarterback long. Not that I have and a lot more faith Jonathan in Jonathan Jennings, Jennings at this point in time. Boy, okay, I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, and boy, Ottawa's in trouble, man. <laughs> right, but Antonio Pipkin and James Franklin are any better? At least we've seen some brilliance out of Jonathan Jennings. We see nothing from those yeah, other two years two. ago. Nothing. Two years yeah. ago. Two years ago. Oh, more ago. than that. Three years ago. Three years ago. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Hey, we don't talk about the East enough. I just this is this is my personal opinion. The East is going to suck this year, just like they do every other year. Oops, did I say that? Fair Sorry. Enough. Well, they they are. I mean, seriously, in the last five years, has has more than one team in each year been over 500 football? Think how well Hamilton's going to be for the Eastern Final. Dead silence. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, but they still have one. Two out of the last three Grey Cups. So, just saying. Um, but is that because is that because the West beats the crap out of each other the entire season, and then they get to the Grey Cup, and these guys are fresh? I wonder. Well, y- yes and no. There's a couple of things. Although we say the Eastern Division sucks, they usually have one good team. And we do know that on any given Sunday, any team can win a game. If this came down to a a series of three-game series or a five-game series between two teams for the Grey Cup, the West would be undefeated. But, I mean, once again, it goes back to this whole debate about one division. And I don't ever want to see one division. That's just my personal opinion. But you know what? What happens, I I would think that the West – when you play in the West, it's more intense because you know in the East you can w- lose the first seven games and you still have a chance to make the playoffs, okay? which is just mind-boggling. Well, you get a home playoff game with a sub-500 record. Hamilton did that last year. Correct. Eight and ten, Correct. and they got a home playoff game. Right. No. So. No, yeah, no. We can talk about the Eastern Division and how they suck all night long, because they really they do. It's disgusting. It's it, it it's embarrassing for them. I I don't understand 
it, it, it's... But again, you know, it doesn't take much to win the Eastern Division. And, and you know, like Ottawa, nope. Ottawa last year, what did they have, 11 wins or 12 wins? I mean, it's easy when you get yeah, to play teams know. like Montreal, Toronto, Hamilton last year and got to beat them up, right? Mm-hmm. And you get an extra game against Montreal, and you had an extra game against Toronto. Well, fine. I, I wish I could play three games against Toronto this year for the Lions. I mean, that'd be three, like, victories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anybody, anybody else got anything to say about this? Hamilton's going to take the East. That's not even in, a, in dispute. Uh, which team will win the 107th Grey Cup presented by Shaw in Calgary? There were 48 votes. I don't know why not enough people voted for this. I guess they didn't didn't like it. Uh, Calgary and Winnipeg both had 14 votes each. Hamilton got six. BC Lions got five. Edmonton got four. Uh, I noticed Hamilton's the only Eastern team here. Okay. So out of, mm-hmm. out of the 48 votes, 42 of them believe that the West Division is going to the, – the representative from the West Division is going to win the Grey Cup. So – why do we even include the East? Okay, sorry, did I say that out loud? Okay, um, anybody have any comments on that, Phil? Well, it's really interesting that none of the media uh, picked the, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders to to even even win a division here. Uh, really interesting. But uh, why? I'd like to say something about. Nobody on well, here figures that Saskatchewan is going to do anything either, except you. I get, I, I, I get that. I get that. Uh, I'll tell you something interesting. Uh, in 2013, uh, right after free agency, <laughs> when it, it appeared to me that that the Riders had had uh, nabbed five of the top seven free agents, uh, Las Vegas didn't didn't like them either. In fact, they didn't like them so much that uh, when uh, when Hamilton named their new head coach, and I seen the odds of a Ken Austin team against the Riders, I said, "Hey, I'm I'm going to pick this." Riders were picked for fourth in the West. Uh, uh, Hamilton was picked for third or fourth in the East, and I said to myself, "Wow, this is an opportunity to make some money." So I went on the Bodog. They don't offer these bets anymore because they lost a, a licking on this to see what the, the odds were. And uh, I think it was, uh, oh, yeah, they didn't have a double down in those days. So I put down $500. I was doing pretty good in those days. And I thought, oh, I'll bet the rest. On, I'll bet half on this, and I'll bet the rest on hockey. And then I, I accidentally went to bet it all on it, the entire $500, on Saskatchewan beating Hamilton in the Grey Cup in 2013. The, the payout, this was $500 US, and the payout was 70-some thousand dollars. When I seen the payout, it scared me. And I'm like, well, I know I'm betting too much if that's the payout. So I, I backed it off to $250. Just then, my son come in the house with a fucking crackhead friend of his, and I got my fucking back up and uh, got, excuse me, and uh, anyway, got a little upset and uh, forgot all about it. The first game of the season was the next was the next day, and it was Hamilton and, and Saskatchewan played the first game in, in 
in 2013, same as this year. And I went, oh, shit, i got to go finish that bet because I'd already given them my money. And it was like five minutes into the game, and the bet was no longer available. I wasn't going to bet the 500, but I was going to bet the 250. And the payout was still you know, astronomical. And um, so, going back to what I was saying, I, I think, yeah. here we go, we've got another underrated Saskatchewan Rough Riders team in 2019. Yeah, but we don't know if they're going to cheat in this year. We don't know if they're going over the salary cap like they did in 2013. So, so if the, we don't know that the team's going to cheat, so, so it's hard to say that, right? Well, I just wondered if I was Homer enough on that statement there. Yeah, it's okay. Hmm. Am, am I anti Saskatchewan enough on this? Okay, the next one up is uh, what's the next poll? Who will win the most outstanding player award in 2019? 48 votes. 14 and 14 went to uh, Mitchell and Riley. Uh, Mazzoli got eight. Andrew Harris got six. And Brandon Banks got two. Honorable mansions to Deron Carter, Trevor Harris, Willie Jefferson, and William Powell each received a vote, one vote. Deron Carter. Deron Carter. Somebody in the media picked Deron Carter to be the MOP this year. What are the odds on that one? You could put some money on that one, and that would be a fucking big payout, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Uh, which player is most likely to have a breakout season in 2019? This one's a little more uh, complex. Uh, Reggie Biggleton. Who's he? He got the most votes with eight. Dom Davis, for had, Dom Davis had five votes. Katie Cannon, never heard of him either. He's got three. Braylon Addison. Matt Nichols got two votes. Deron Carter got two votes. Ant- Antonio Pipkin got two votes. R.J. Harris with two, and James Franklin with two. Oh, my good Lord. Why would you even take a, a poll like this? Yeah. I'm just going to go past that one. Which team made the best overall moves this offseason? Ottawa Red Blacks. Oh, no, sorry. BC Lions with 24, Edmonton 19, Saskatchewan with three, Winnipeg with two. Winnipeg made moves in the offseason. Uh, Hamilton won and Toronto won. Okay. Uh, which one player acquisition will make the biggest impact in 2019? 49 votes. Mike Riley to BC gets 43 of them. Yeah, that's pretty much just a no-brainer. They didn't even give a second choice on that one. Pretty much done. It just, yeah, it's pretty much done. Don't discount Micah yeah. Johnson over to uh, Saskatchewan. Okay, who will lead the league in receiving? Brian Burnham with 20, Brandon Banks with 10, Greg Ellingson with 7, and Eric Rogers has four votes. I noticed that Deron Carter's not on this list. Hmm. Pretty upset by that. No. Not. Anybody missing off of this list? Who do you think's going to be the leading receiver? Anybody? Anybody want to jump in? They got somebody that's not on this list? Brian Burnham, number one receiver in the league. That must mean Mike uh, Riley's going to be the number I think one it's passer. possible. Okay. 
I think there's something to be said for Bagleton in Calgary. Reggie Bagleton. Yeah, That's if you had a real quarterback throwing to him, I agree. <laughs> Who will lead the league in rushing? Andrew Harris has 24 votes, <laughs> William Powell 15, and John Jackson 5. I don't even know who John Jackson is. Um, he plays for Calgary. Uh, plays for Calgary. Calgary. Plays for Calgary. Calgary. Back. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, yeah I, don't, I don't really see too much of an argument there. If you were starting a franchise today and could sign any player in the CFL, who would you be the first selection and why? It should be interesting. I'm going to ask this right across the top board. I said this today to somebody, and I, 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 I can't believe the answers that people came out with. If you were going to start a Sandlock football game with CFL players, who would be your number one pick? Bill. You caught me off guard, so I'm going to say Duran Carter. Okay. <laughs> Mark. Mark, I'm going your number one Riley. pick. I go with Mike Riley. Will. Mike Riley's my number one pick. Hands down, Sam Hurl. <laughs> Charles. <laughs> Oh, what the hell? I'm giving a homer pick. I'll say Mike Riley. Anybody who doesn't pick Mike Riley as the number one pick in this league is, is ridiculous and silly. 29 votes for Bo Levi Mitchell, only 13 for Mike Riley. The entire media in this, in this country are a bunch of idiots. Okay. I kind of like him. I know you like him, but you actually should like the team. Because I will agree that Calgary Stampede, if I could pick the Calgary Stampeders to win the Stanley Cup, or, I mean, the Grey Cup, I would do it in a heartbeat. I, I, I honestly believe that they are going to repeat this year. Um, no, so be happy with what that. What would really be impressive, what would really be impressive, impressive is if they won the Stanley Cup, okay? <laughs> yeah, well, no shit. That would really be impressive. I would be impressed with that one. Okay. Uh, who's the outstanding Canadian? Most outstanding Canadian in 2019. Are you guys watching? Are you following along on this thing? Because I can ask these questions, or are you just going to say, oh, I know which one it is? Because who would you I'm following along. Okay. Three minutes, by the way. Oh, is it really? Okay, thanks. Thanks, Mark. Uh, Andrew Harris with 28, Brad Snopoli with 11, and uh, some boat tag, some boat launch, or whatever his name is, is number five. Yeah. Most outstanding defensive player was Adam Big Hill with 21, Willie Jefferson, Micah Johnson, and who will lead the league in sacks? Charlton Hughes is number one pick. Biggest comeback is Zach Caleros. Uh, non playoff team with the most wins is going to be Edmonton. Uh, most underrated uh, player in the CFL is Luke Tasker. Which current ho- coach was uh, most want to coach your team? Dave Dickinson. Uh, I'm going to ask this one. Who's the first coach to get fired this year? Oh my God, it was Mike Sherman. I got to show. I got to shut down the the, the broadcast. Sorry, guys. That's, that's the end of it. Let's talk CFL podcast episode number 325. I'm in your host Christopher Jones, and that is it for our first installment of the 2019 CFL season. 
Uh, we'll be back to you guys Sunday night after all the games. I hope you enjoy. Watch football. Um, uh, Charles, say good night. We've got to go quick. Good night, folks. Good night, folks. Enjoy the games this weekend. We'll talk to you on Sunday. Mark, go. Good night, folks. BC sucks. No, they don't. Phil. Good night, everyone. Thanks for taking part. No problems. William, it's up to you. Good night, everybody. Watch the greatest games in the world, CFL football, starting this weekend. Okay, and a big shout-out to uh, CFL UK. Watch football, guys.